Welcome to the weekly podcast for City Chapel at Slaughter Creek, the world's okayest church, right here in Austin. Get to know us better at citychapelchurch.com. We're so glad that you joined us today and hope you enjoy the message. It's good to have you with us. My name is Harry. I'm the pastor here. and It's great to have you worshiping along with us. Um, if you're new today, I want to welcome you. I welcome you to City Chapel. Uh, when you came in, you should have had an envelope, um, if you can see that envelope. Uh, it's uh, sitting on the seat where you sat down. Need a little help down the steps. Uh, sitting on this. I thought I'd just be a gentleman and help you out. Uh, but if you're new today, I'd love, to, I'd love to get to know you and welcome you to City Chapel. I'm from Austin. I don't need no hand. Independent. Um, it's all good. My wife's the same way. I married into that. Come by it naturally. Um, <laughs> totally got distracted. But anyway, if you're, if you're new, uh, we want to welcome you. And here's a card. Uh, looks like that. Uh, please fill that out at the end of service. Drop it off in the buckets. Uh, we pass buckets for our regular members to give financially. But for you, we'd just like to hear from you that you were here and how we can reach out to you. Um, today is a special, special day. Um, we are launching new small groups at City Chapel. Starting new small groups today. I don't know exactly how many there are, something like 10 or 10, boom, 11, okay, 11. Um, I was just guessing, but uh, anyway, um, we're gonna be, at the end of service, we're gonna throw open that back door right there, and they're gonna, all the leaders are gonna be back there and gonna give you a chance to physically sign up to actually meet the leaders of each of the groups and um, write down your name and um, telephone number and social security number. <laughs> Account number, routing number. No, just kidding. Uh, I actually, there, there. I, when I, I visited a church one time, and on the envelope there was a spot for your, for your account number, like your bank account number, like for routing, like writing it down on there. I said, ooh, I don't know that I'd want to do that, but that's 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 yeah, that's something else. I, I guess everybody's in process. Everybody's working on something. We're working on a building right now. Uh, we kind of got our our guest cards down, but we're trying to work on this right here. Um, it's coming along, and every single week, new stuff is new stuff is being either glued to the wall or uh, or something something like that. All kinds of stuff happening. Um, the AC units are coming in. Hopefully, Franco was gonna. Franco said he'd be here yesterday, and he was here, and uh, then he took off. Um, so, we got the scaffolding ready for him though. When he comes and installs it, it's gonna be awesome. So apparently Monday we should have AC on this side and that side, which will be sweet. Um, yeah, looking forward to that and just all different kinds of things uh, that we're working on. If you wanna come help with the, the progress of the building, you can stop by um, any given Saturday from one to five o'clock. Somebody will be here um, leading a little work mission, a little work team um, to knock some, some, some other things out. Also by way of announcement, Announcements. Um, I didn't mean for this to be announcement time, but um, it, just, it just sort of came to my mind. Uh, my uh, one of my mentors and my former boss uh, for uh, two and a half years. He was my boss. He's coming to preach for us, and his name is Tommy Tenney. He's coming to preach on September, uh, October 21st. So just a couple weeks from now. 
you may have heard of Tommy. Uh, he wrote uh, 20-some books. Um, he just keeps writing. Um, and uh, his, his biggest one, his first one, was God Chasers and uh, sold over a million copies. And I was his personal assistant for a couple of years, traveled literally around the world with him. Um, and so it's, a, it's an honor to have him come speak here. He, he preached here a year and a half ago or so, and uh, he's, he's back in town. Apparently, he's like some, some guy has some hunting lodge um, out in like uh, east, uh, west Texas, and um, they've invited me to go with him to go hunting, but I, I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> I told him, I'll have you come preach, but I don't want to go hunting. That sounds too much... I don't know. That's, that, now, David, David would love that. That's all right up his alley. Um, but man, for me, I don't, I, don't, I don't really get into that. But anyway, it's going to be fun to have him come and preach. And that's on the 21st. That's just in a couple of weeks, kind of a last minute thing. His wife texted me and I said, sweet, we'd love to have you. Um, but I'm really believing, like last time when he came, there was almost like a shift. Um, spiritually, there was a shift. It wasn't just physical. I mean, he's a great communicator, great preacher, but, but I think there's also something to somebody who has invested so much in me um, for them to come and to stand up here and to invest something in you. There's something, uh, I don't know, I don't, I don't know all the right spiritual terminology for that, but something sort of clicked, something happened. And so I'm really uh, excited about him coming into this new space that we have, even though it's unfinished, but just to have him come and to, and to impart something to us, to speak to us. And um, yeah, so I'm, I'm excited about that. That's just in a couple of weeks. And so um, it's going to come, it's going to crash into my sermon series that I'm starting today, but that's okay. Uh, he's going to jump off the rails for a minute on that series, and then we'll come back on track. But um, I'm starting a sermon sermon series today, unlike any other sermon series um, that I've ever done at City Chapel, it's totally off uh, the rails, totally crazy, and, but I think you guys are just uh, crazy enough to be able to handle it, um, and, so, and so we're calling it uh, Assemble, uh, and you might, you, might recognize, you might recognize some letters in there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, because over the next few weeks, I want to I talk about the power uh, that comes whenever we come together. Um, what God can do uh, when we come together. What God can do in us, um, but also what God can do through us when His people, when His church comes together. And so, what better uh, analogy, if you will, um, than the Avengers? The Marvel Comics Avengers coming together, getting stuff done. And so, if you're here today and you've never heard of the Avengers, um, well, yeah, <laughs> bye. <laughs> Oh, no, no, we welcome you. You were born before 1980, as JT says. Uh, we welcome, we welcome you. We need you here to keep us grounded. Um, before the rest of us, uh, we've been following the Avengers on their, you know, 40 videos, that movies that they've made, or 50-some. Peter owns them all. Peter could tell you exactly how many there are, my brother. Um, I don't really follow them that closely. I haven't read the backstory of all. I'm trying to keep their names straight, you know. And um, I'm 
I'm kind of at that level. But as we were talking in, in, in the office back a few months ago, we were talking about this season, um, the season that we're in as a church uh, that we knew we were coming into. And this is, this is part of our job as leaders, as pastors of the church, is to see down the road and see what's coming up and prayer, prayerfully um, guide, help guide the church. And, and what, what we knew was that we were stepping into a new building and we never had a building before. And so we were no longer going to be a set up and tear down church. And we didn't really know what that would look like. And we didn't know how far along we would get, but we just said, we're just going to step into it. It's going to be awesome. And, and, and yet we also said that there's got to be more building than just what's happening around here. It's got to be more than just stucco on fake brick walls to make them look real, right? There's got to be, got to be more than just painting the ceiling black, even though it looks awesome once it's painted black because it looked horrible when it was white. It's got to be more than, than, than the decor. There's got to be more to the building of City Chapel than just the building. And we want to be careful because there are a lot of dying denominations that have a lot of wonderful buildings. Uh, and they just don't have any people going into those buildings. Um, and, and so, and so we, we, we have to be careful to build. Yes, build the building, but this building is not the church. We have to keep building the church. And the church is the people. It's you all. You guys are the church. Actually, you all are about half of the church. The other half are sleeping in today. They will be with us next week when you're sleeping in. No, just kidding. Um, it's like, you know, I mean, this is like we are the church. So we have to build the church. And so we started talking about, well, how do we build the church? And, and there's so many ways through counseling, through, through meeting with couples, through, through, through meeting with families. Uh, there's so many ways that we build the church. But the primary way, honestly, that we uh, have found to build City Chapel is through small groups. And that's why I'm excited about about launching new small groups today because this is this is one of the main keys of building the church beyond just the Sunday morning experience is throughout the week are our people are they growing in their faith together are we growing in our faith together? Are we coming together? Are we assembling? Uh, right? Scripture says, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Um, the church is very much like Ikea, right? There's some assembly required. Uh, it's a... Uh, there's a whole lot of hex screws and whatever those things are. I mean, it's, it's bizarre. But, but when, when we come together, though, great things happen. When we come together, God does great things in us and through us when we come together. So, so, so our mission, just to be blatant and honest with you, my agenda over the next few weeks is to get you connected into the community of City Chapel. I love that you came here on Sunday and that's lovely, but my goal is that every single person, and I know that's pretty ambitious, but my goal is every person who calls City Chapel their home, who comes on Sunday and worships with us, that they would also come together throughout the week and worship with us together. Because worship is not just a song. It's, Bethel doesn't own the copyright on worship. Uh, <laughs> and neither does Hillsong. And, 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 and before them, it was Maranatha Singers. And they didn't own it either. And, the, and the, the Planet Shakers. These people, they, 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 they do praise really, really well. But, but worship is a part of the, when the the body of Christ comes together. Yes. This is where you can worship over pizza. You can worship over fantasy football talk. You can worship while watching Monday Night Football. Come on, somebody. Uh, you can worship maybe while hunting. I don't know if that's possible, but it's a possibility. Are you killing Bambi and praising Jesus? I don't know how that works. <laughs> But you can worship, when we fellowship together, when we connect together, we are 
pulling the body of Christ together. And this is what Jesus wants to see. This is what Jesus' prayer was before he was to be crucified. He prayed like the longest recorded prayer of his ministry and all of scripture. And it was all based on this idea. Father, I pray that they would become one just as you and I are one. He's getting ready to leave the earth and he's praying for the church to come together. It's crazy to me that, that, that of all the prayers that Jesus ever prayed, the one that the Father could not answer by himself. This is theologically sketchy, but Jesus prayed a prayer that God couldn't wave a wand and answer. I mean, he could, but he has chosen to limit himself. He prayed a prayer that actually we are the only ones who can choose to answer. He said, Father, make them one. And yet, Father doesn't come down and force people yes. to become one. He doesn't do that. It's crazy to me that Jesus would pray a prayer to the Father that he knows the Father can influence, but the Father doesn't have the final say as to whether or not you enter into community. So it's a choice. It's a choice that each of us have to assemble. And uh, we're going to get extra crazy because not only are we talking about the Avengers, but we're actually going to use our new screens to watch some of the Avengers uh, while we're preaching. So um, I don't normally do this. I don't normally use movies. I have at Promised Land a couple of times. Pastor Robin really liked to do that. And um, But at City Chapel, I've kind of veered away from that. Just um, I don't know, just because I just like just going with the Bible and just going with that. But when we were talking about this example, it's like so many of these movies, they, they bring out different truths. And I'm not saying that these movies are entirely godly. They're rated PG-13, so don't take your toddler to go see it. Um, and I'm also not saying I agree with everything in the movies. Well, Pastor Harry showed a clip from the movie. No, like do your own research. Don't put it off on me. Um, I, I don't even know all the backstories of all the movies or the theological implications of different characters. And different, I don't really know all about that. I just know that, that this is a modern day parable. These movies are, I feel, modern day parables that you all know. And so normally I spend a good 15, well, 45 minutes sharing. <laughs> <laughs> I try to spend 15 minutes sharing a Bible story to get you to, so that you know it. And then I spend the other, you know, hour and a half sharing about what that means for your life. Just kidding. All, all the visitors here are like, oh man, the wrong turn. Uh, but you know, but, but it's, it's like I got to tell you a story and then I have to preach from that story. And so for the next few weeks, we're going to use stories that you already know. And if, you, if you're like my wife and you have no idea who the Avengers are, uh, we do have some clips to kind of catch you up to speed a little bit um, as to what's going on. And then we're going to use the story as a modern day parable. Um, and so today we're looking at Captain America, Civil War. Uh, anybody see Civil War? Watch that. All right. Everybody who saw Civil War, raise your hand. Let's see. Represent. All right. See, this is like 90% of the church knows what I'm talking about. So you've, you, you, you're already miles ahead of some of us. But but in Captain America's Civil War, it's really about Captain America specifically and his particular Civil War. It's going on within his own heart. Um, but it's also about, <laughs> somebody say, come on. Man, just, dry, just come on, they're going to start throwing hankies at me when I talk about Captain America. 
uh, it's, but it's, it's about Captain and about his, 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 his decision that he has to make. Now, uh, the movie starts out with, uh, it starts out with some backstory so you, that, that you understand at the end, but the first big fighting scene, which is what the guys are looking for, is when the whole Avengers team, they're working together, taking out this bad guy, right? They're taking out the bad guy, they take him out, but the bad guy has these explosives on him, and what happens is he detonates the explosives, killing himself, but also killing other bunch of other people in in this building, a bunch of innocent people. And this starts uh, a conversation with the United Nations. They get involved um, and they decide that the Avengers need to have oversight. They need to be under a committee and that committee needs to be in charge of the Avengers. And this is where a civil war within the Avengers, this is where it starts because um, some of them want to sign the paper, the Se Segovia Accord. Come on, somebody. See, you just finish it for me. I'm, when I'm like with the Bible, I'm like, all right, verse 4. 14. Uh, anyway, is you guys, you guys, like, he, 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 they want to sign the Sokovia Accord. It's not, is, that, is Sokovia even a real, real place, or is this just made up? It sounds like some real place, but anyway, so they're, they're, they want to sign the Accord. Half of them do, half of them don't. And this is the, the vulcrum on which the movie starts to turn. It, it shifts at this point. And, 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 and I feel like this, this is a good teaching moment for us. So I have like a three-minute clip um, for you to check out about that conversation conversation and um, I have edited out a cuss word because it's church and we don't we don't we don't need none of that um, which because it's PG-13 there is mild language involved but anyway not on Sunday so check this Terry out Ross has a Congressional Medal of Honor which is one more than you have so let's say we agree to this thing how long is it gonna be before they lowjack us like a bunch of common criminals 117 countries want to sign this 117 Sam and you're just like no it's cool we got how it. long are you gonna play both sides I have an equation oh Oh, this will clear it up. In the eight years since Mr. Stark announced himself as Iron Man, the number of known enhanced persons has grown exponentially. And during the same period, the number of potentially world-ending events has risen at a commensurate rate. He's saying it's our fault? I'm saying there may be a causality. Our very strength invites challenge. Challenge incites conflict. And conflict breeds catastrophe, oversight. Oversight is not an idea that can be dismissed out of hand. Boom. Tony, you're being uncharacteristically non-hyperverbal. It's because he's already made up his mind. Boy, you know me so well. Actually, I'm nursing an electromagnetic headache. That's what's going on, Cap, it's just pain, it's discomfort. Who's putting coffee grounds in the disposal? Am I running a bed and breakfast for the biker gang? Oh, that's Charles Spencer, by the way. He's a great kid. Computer engineering degree, 3.6 GPA. Had a floor level gig, an Intel plan for the fall. But first, he wanted to put a few miles on his soul before he parked it behind a desk, see the world, maybe be of service. Charlie didn't want to go to Vegas or Fort Lauderdale, which is what I would do. He didn't go to Paris or Amsterdam. Sounds fun. He decided to spend his summer building sustainable housing for the poor guess where? Sokovia. He wanted to make a difference, I suppose. I mean, we won't know because we dropped the building on him while we were... There's no decision-making process here. 
We need to be put in check. Whatever form that takes, I'm game. If we can't accept limitations, we're boundaryless. We're no better than the bad guys. Tony, if someone dies on your watch, you don't give up. Who said we're giving up? We are for not taking responsibility for our actions. This document just shifts the blame. I'm sorry, Steve, that, that is dangerously arrogant. This is the United Nations we're talking about. It's not the World Security Council. It's not S.H.I.E.L.D. It's not Hydra. No, but it's run by people with agendas, and agendas change. That's good. That's why I'm here. When I realized what my weapons were capable of in the wrong hands, I shut it down and stopped manufacturing. Tony, you chose to do that. If we sign this, we surrender our right to choose. What if this panel sends us somewhere we don't think we should go? What if there's somewhere we need to go and they don't let us? We may not be perfect, but the safest hands are still our own. If we don't do this now, it's gonna be done to us later. That's the fact. That won't be pretty. You're saying they'll come for me. We would protect you. Maybe Tony's right. All right, we see the discussion here, the debate. And what I love about this scene is that it brings two opposing thoughts just into the same conversation. You have, you have Steve, Captain America, he says, the safest hands are still our own. We might not be perfect, but the safest hands are still our own. We ought to uh, be able to make our own decisions, how we fight for justice, what we do. Um, and, and, and he's got a point. But also Tony Stark, uh, Tony Stark also has a point. Uh, he, he shows the picture of that boy, the college student who's killed by them, by their actions, collateral damage. And he says, we can't, we can't continue to do this anymore. And I love how both, both of those arguments, they just kind of present themselves as being quite logical. Both sides, you can understand sort of where they're coming from. And this is, by the way, this is one of the things that, that hinders community. Now, this, is, this is where division starts. Division starts when you have two different ideas, combating ideas, competing ideas that are both logical, that are both strong in their own right. This is where churches get divided. This is where people um, exit out of Christian community because they have a, 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 a good argument. They have a logical argument. They have a, a good reason for why they believe what they believe, but other people have a good reason for why they believe, and they never come to a connection point. They never come to a compromise. They simply stand their ground and believe what they believe, and this begins the, what, what they call the Civil War. This begins to tear apart the Avengers. And if you're not careful, this kind of uh, thinking will also tear you apart. It'll tear you out of the presence of other people who are like-minded in so many other ways. These guys both want the same thing. They want to defend uh, the world against really bad guys, but how they believe they ought to go about it are two entirely different ideas. And I think it's, 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 it's powerful how you can see these two ideas coming together and they don't mesh. One believes that we ought to have oversight because of the story of this boy and, and some of the things that have happened. The other believes that they are the best ones to make decisions for themselves as far as what they should do. And you see both of these played out. And the, what, what happens is there begins to be distance. From this conversation on, there's distance between Tony uh, Stark, uh, that's Iron Man, he's the one talking about the boy that was killed, and Steve, who is Captain America, who's saying, well, we really ought to maintain our own independence. And there begins to be distance between them. And this is the difficulty, is that when, when distance happens, see, division only needs distance. Distance is the, is the tool of division. 
And whatever the enemy of your soul can do to distance you, to pull you away. Maybe, maybe uh, Tony wasn't mad at Steve. Steve wasn't mad at Tony. There's no, there's no yelling involved. There's no, there's no tantrums. There's nothing like that. It's just, it's just distance starts to develop between the two of them, and that, it, that distance leaves room for division. And so my first point to you is that, is that, is that if you want to fight against division, if you, if you feel like every church that you get a part of, it seems like you end up just finding something wrong with them and you get mad at them and you leave them. Uh, not that there's anybody like that here today, but, uh, but if, if, if you've ever felt, if you've ever felt that, that, that sense of division, what, what the, one of the issues is the distance, the distance that you allowed to creep in between you and them. And that, that really, it, it comes from, not, not from a bad place. I don't think Tony is coming from a bad place. I don't think Iron Man is coming from a, a bad place. He's coming from a place that he believes what he is doing is right. And both of them do. And actually, um, there was a time in, 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 in my life, uh, which I've, I've shared about whenever uh, we had a falling out with the church that I grew up with. And um, I was talking to T.F. Tenney. This is Tommy's dad who, who passed away last year, went on to be with the Lord. I was talking to T.F. Tenney about it. And uh, T.F. was funny. He was a man of few words, but he's very wise. He just quoted scripture to me, Proverbs 21. Uh, he, said, he said, all the ways of a man are right in his own eyes. And I was like, yeah, but that doesn't help me. <laughs> All the ways of a man are right in his own eyes. In other words, that pastor, he acted as he felt was right. And I was like, yeah, but it doesn't make it right. And it's true. The rest of the scripture says, but the Lord tests the heart. So it is true that, you know, all the ways of man are right in his own eyes, but it is God who is looking at the heart and the reason behind your action that you believe to be so right. But what I, what I learned from talking to TF, and I went away and chewed on that, because it is the word of God. And, and, and this is what's tricky, though, because when you grow up in church, they don't usually quote Proverbs 21. Because to, to, in a judgmental mindset, if somebody's doing something wrong, it's because they know that it's wrong and they just don't care because they're just really bad people. They're just bad people. That's why they're doing bad things. And, and so, you, so you, you, start, you start taking their actions and you, you align it with their heart really quick. You draw the line, connect the dots, and you judge them based on what you think that they know. But what scripture says is that all the ways of a man are right in his own eyes. Everyone is trying to do, if you could actually accept that, if you can actually believe that truth that everyone that you meet is trying to do what is right, it would change, radically change your ability to forgive people. And I'm not saying that it is right. I'm not saying that what they are doing is right because the Lord tests the heart. The Lord sees underneath what, what, they, what they believe. But the truth is, if you could understand that everyone in, in every, every community they've ever been a part of, that they were trying to do what they thought was right, it would transform your ability to turn around and to forgive them because you also are try, have always tried to do what you thought was right. And you weren't always spot on either. You kind of, you missed it a couple times. And you figure that out later on. 
And sometimes God reveals that to you because God tests the heart. And actually with Tony, Tony Stark, when he starts talking about that boy that was killed, you start to hear a little bit of regret and shame in his voice because previously in the movie, he met that boy's mother who wasn't too happy about her son being killed by, by their actions, and he's feeling shame. Actually, it's a big part of Tony's character. If you, if you watch the Avengers movie, shame is a big driving factor for him. This movie uh, uh, share, shares where he spent, I don't know how many millions of dollars to build this thing so he could go back like in his memory to the time when his parents died and he could actually tell them what he wanted to tell them that he never told them because he's driven by this by this regret and by the way regret and shame will pull you away from community it will it will drive a wedge between you and community it will pull you out of community not because you say well I don't want to be a part of that but because you you start basing your right and your wrong based on what you don't want to happen because you're moving out of fear not out of faith and this is what Tony is driven by. He says, man, if we don't sign this accord, then we're going to be forced to sign it later. He's afraid of what could happen, and he's ashamed of what has happened. What I love about Captain America, this is actually his movie, so he's portrayed as kind of the right guy, is that he, he understands the consequences, and he doesn't shy away from that. He's not afraid to apologize for the wrong things that he's done, but at the same time, he doesn't, he doesn't throw out his value because of his mistakes. He holds on to the belief that he has been uh, gifted with this special serum for a reason and he ought to continue to help people. He ought to continue to defend the world. And, and, and even he, he, he holds on to that, that fear and he holds on to this trust at the same time. And this is, this is one of the keys to entering into community. You have to release the shame that you feel. You have to release uh, the regret. And you also have to be able to forgive other people for having done the right thing that they thought was the right thing. Maybe it wasn't the right thing. When you forgive somebody, you're not acknowledging that they were right. You're not saying that it was okay. You are simply saying that God has forgiven me of so much. God has released me of so much. I don't have a leg to stand on when it comes to holding other people dramatically accountable. Yeah. <laughs> now, I might not be good friends with that person. I might not want to. But, but at the same time, to understand that, that sometimes there's just, there's, there's just you're on, the, you're on this level and they're on that level. They're trying to do what's right. You're trying to do what's right. And it's okay. You can actually be in unity with somebody. See, we, we live in a culture that's so hyper-judgmental that we, that we love a fight. And everything's a fight. Even, even like political debates. It's like a boxing match. They, they talk about it like they literally fought. I thought you were just supposed to be espousing your ideas. No, it's a fight, right? Or like you go on YouTube and it's like, uh, Jordan Peterson destroys ignorant leftist reporter. Destroys? What do you mean destroys? Is he, is he an Avenger now? Is he like, you know, blasting? No, he's not. No, he didn't even, he just showed his, his intellectual superiority. He didn't destroy anybody. But, but this, is the, this is the framework that we have. It's like you're either getting hated or destroyed or blasted or you're like conquering and, 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 and killing it. And, and I mean, isn't there some room for community where you can believe something and, 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 and it not be awful, even though it's different than what I believe? I mean, can we come together under some kind of unity? 
I don't want to hang out with them. They're not the same age as me. Oh, well, okay. Um, they're not, I don't want to hang out with them because they got, they got kids. And well, I understand that, but. Uh, <laughs> but it's like, come on, like, can't we, can't we find some common ground here? Can't we find some way to, to still walk together and not be completely on the same page with everything? And that's one thing I love about City Chapel is that we are like different colors on our skins. We, we vote differently. We live, we have different opinions about a plethora of things, yet we still find unity under Jesus, that Jesus is enough to make up for a lot of differences between us. Even doctrinally, we got, we got people like from Baptist backgrounds, people from Pentecostal backgrounds, people from Bapticostal backgrounds, and you know, it's like we, we, Catholic background, Presbyterians. We, we have people from these different backgrounds, but it's like if we can just come together under Jesus, if we can agree that Jesus' blood is the only way of salvation, if we can agree that what he did on the cross and, and what, when he, that he rose again on the third day, I mean, can't we just come together under that? There are some differences, absolutely, but, but you cannot allow the differences to drive you into a place of distance because that distance will create division. That's what the enemy works through. In 1 Corinthians, uh, we have a slide of scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, Paul talks about this. You're wondering when I was going to get to the Bible, weren't you? 1 Corinthians 12, for the body does not consist. And he's talking about the body of Christ, the church. The body does not consist of one member, in other words, there's not one way to vote politically. There's not, there's not one view to have. Uh, it's not one member. It's not one uh, function. Everybody isn't uh, on the serve team to, to clean the streets. Everybody isn't preaching. Everybody isn't singing. It's, the body doesn't consist of one member, but of many members. And if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. In other words, your disagreement doesn't mean that you have created a disassociation. You have a disagreement about how things ought to be done. The feet go about things differently than hands. They, they operate differently. And just because there's a disagreement doesn't mean that you are now disconnected from the body. You're still a part of the body. And, 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 and sometimes people have a disagreement and they pull away from the body. And what it does is it hurts the whole body. Because now the body doesn't have a foot. Yep. It's like, well, they're better off without me because I was just causing problems. Well, stop causing problems. That's the point. <laughs> like, just, just be, be a foot. Just be, be a hand. Be whatever God created you to be. But, but the body needs you to come together. The Avengers need the Avengers to come to an agreement. Because when they become divided, they become powerless. When they become divided, they start fighting against each other. And the whole movie, The Civil War, is really about the two groups fighting against each other while the bad guy goes off and does whatever he wants to do. And Satan is running rampant in Austin because the church can't stop fighting against each other and agree on who the real enemy is around here I mean let's 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 our power is in our agreement our power is in our connection and when we are disconnected it hurts the body but also it hurts us it hurts the foot for the foot to be pulled away from the body it hurts the hand for the hand to be pulled away the hand dies 
And this is why the Roman Catholic Church took this a bit to an extreme. You know, you literally can't be saved without getting saved in the church and without taking communion in the church. They, but they saw that there was a connection. They, they understood there was a connection between being in the body and being alive. And I, don't, I think they took it a bit too far. I don't think it's, it's quite as connected as, you know, you can't get saved unless, unless you take communion and the priest has to be the one to hand it and put it in your mouth. I don't think it's quite as extreme as that, but there is a connection between life and the blood that comes to you from the body. There really is. And you can try to, you know, just connect to Jesus. The hand can just connect to the heart, you know, and... <laughs> And I guess it will get blood. I think, I think there will be some blood there. And there will be some life. But it, it will not know its purpose. And the body of Christ will be this incredibly deformed thing. Because everybody just wants to connect to the heart, which is Jesus. Nobody wants to connect to the wrist, which is Joe. <laughs> and the elbow, that's Susie. And I'm trying to name names that we don't have in our church. Because, of course, everybody wants to connect with you. So I'm just saying. But, you know... It, 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 we have a, a, a jacked up, we have a, a civil war group of superheroes that lost their super because they're, they're fighting against each other. And it hurts the body and it hurts you. And if you could come together in a body that you connect with, that God leads you to, that you believe in, and, and if you could connect to a wrist of somebody like sitting next to you, if you could connect to somebody sitting next to you, I'm telling you, that's where you find your purpose. That's where you find your fulfillment. So what happens is they begin to clash. I'm kind of running out of time. So I had another cool fighting clip that I'm not gonna show, but okay, fine. They're not stopping. Neither are we. Friends, right? Since I know how you hit me. All right, enough of that. Enough of that. Man. And so they start they start fighting with each other or against each other instead of with each other. God created us to fight with each other. And actually the the, the key bad guy, the lead bad guy, uh, Zom Zomu Zemo. Kind of like emo, but with a Z. Anyway, Zemo, he, he has a discussion with Black Panther, which, by the way, um, throughout this month, I'm going to be taking different movies. I'm thinking, I'm thinking of doing Black Panther as a, as a good example as well. And uh, if you guys have any other suggestions, feel free to email them to me. Um, as long as they're Avengers movies, um, we'll, we'll definitely look into it. But uh, Black Panther has this discussion with Zemo, um, because really Zemo's been sort of going around, the whole movie uh, it has been about revenge. It's about his revenge. His, uh, his family was killed in Sokovia and he blames the Avengers. And, 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 and Zemo is just a regular guy. That's what's so crazy to me. He's just a normal guy. He's not, he doesn't have a bionic arm or he hasn't had any serum or anything special about him. He's just a normal guy who's able to, to almost defeat the Avengers. 
just because he caused division between them. It's crazy to me how the enemy is not really that powerful. But when he starts creating division and starts separating people from community, he can walk around and do all kinds of damage. And, 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 and Zemo actually confesses this, right? He talks about this to the Black Panther, who the Black Panther actually saves him from committing suicide, which is funny because the Black Panther was chasing him down the whole time because Zemo um, blew up this truck, which killed Black Panther's father, a little backstory there. And so there's a lot of revenge happening here. There's a lot of, you know, the, they should be called the Revengers is what they should be called. There's a lot of it in this movie. They're, they're going for justice, but it has a little bit of revenge mixed in there. And uh, Zemo has this conversation with him. And, and, and just as I close, I want to share this conversation because I do think this is a powerful understanding of the thought process of the enemy, but also the antidote um, to, that, to that thought process. So check out uh, the Black Panther's conversation. We should have seen this little He's face. listening to Try a voicemail okay? from his, his wife. I'm going to bed. I love you. Must kill the wrong man. Hardly an innocent one. This is all you wanted. To see them rip each other apart. My father lived outside the city. I thought we would be safe there. My son was excited. He could see the Iron Man from the car window. I told my wife, don't worry. They're fighting in the city. We're miles from harm. And the dust cleared. And the screaming stopped. It took me two days until I found their bodies. My father, still holding my wife and son in his arms. And the Avengers, they went home. I knew I couldn't kill them. More powerful men than me have tried. But if I could get them to kill each other, I'm sorry about your father. He seemed a good man with a dutiful son. has consumed you. It's consuming them. I'm done letting it consume me. Justice will come soon enough. Justice will come soon enough. It is within community that we start to realize what, that's why community brings us back to life, brings the hand back to life, because we start to realize the lifeblood that's flowing through us. Uh, offense is a, it's, it's anti that blood, because the blood of Jesus is a blood of forgiveness from the very beginning. That God so loved the world that didn't love him, that he gave his only begotten son that wouldn't give anything for him, that whoever might believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life is obviously forgiveness. But 
bitterness and vengeance, a desire to, to enact justice on our own, is the opposite of that. But when we come into community, man, we, we start to see that. We start to connect with each other. And it's strange that the Black Panther connects with his enemy. And it's by connecting with his enemy that he understands that his enemy also has, he has the same thing in his heart that his enemy has. That he is his own worst enemy. James chapter 5 um, tells us the antidote for this. It says, therefore, confess your sins to who? Yeah, confess your sins not to a priest. Confess your sins not to God. There is scripture about, 1 John tells us about confessing to God. But James says, therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. So that you may be healed. I think it's... Um, uh, Church of the Highlands pastor uh, Chris Hodges who said we go we confess our sins to God in order that we might be forgiven in order that we might be cleansed that's what first John says uh, if uh, if we confess our sins he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness we confess our sins to God so that we can be forgiven and cleansed but we confess our sins to each other so that we may be healed so the way that Hodges says is he says we go, to, we go to God for forgiveness and cleansing, but we go to God's people for healing. And this is why so many of us are forgiven and cleansed of our sins, but we haven't really experienced healing because we haven't come into community. It's amazing that scripture would tell us to confess our sins to each other. Who wants to be vulnerable about our sins? Who wants to tell somebody else about our mistakes? But it says that when we do that, that we start praying for each other and in the prayer we are healed. And so this is where the famous scripture comes. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. That, that, when, that when people come together in unity and there is true righteousness, which is, which is transparency before people and, and, and honesty before God, that when there's true righteousness, that there is healing in that place. That there is healing, that there is restoration. There's the ability to release of past hurts. There's an ability to release the pain that other people have caused you. There's, 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 there's an ability to, to understand that we aren't supposed to be fighting against each other we're supposed to be fighting for each other and it's in that it's in that it's in that context that true healing takes place and so my final point for you is that I, I really want you to get connected to community so that you can be healed healed of your past wounds healed of your past hurts healed of the shame of what you've done or or haven't done it is within community that, that healing happens. You say, well, how does, how, does, how does healing happen? Well, the prayer of a, of a righteous person is powerful and effective. So we pray to God, we call out to God, and God does miraculous things. With man, this is impossible. With an AA meeting, this is impossible. With a, with, with a, with a, with a self-help recovery book, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. And, and it is powerful when you come face-to-face with, -face with somebody, you start seeing their flaws, and you start seeing your own. You see how it applies to you. And so we sit in living rooms or, we, or, we, or we, we bowl together or we watch football games together. We hang out together. And in the context of that, we start to have compassion for each other. 
When you get into close proximity, compassion starts to well up. You start to have compassion for that person. A Black Panther starts to have compassion for Zemo. He starts to see that, man, he's not much unlike me. He's not too, actually, he's a lot like me. And this is what happens when you come into proximity with people. You start to realize that they're not very different from you. I was talking to one guy and he was talking about why he doesn't go to church anymore. And he said, and he said about churches, he said, they are all the same. I said, well, first off, you obviously haven't been to some of the churches I've been to. They're kind of a little different. There's some different ones. They're different. They're not, but, 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 but I think he's, he's close to right, actually. He's almost right when he says they're all the same. He just, he's one word off. It's the word they. I think he should take that and put we. We are all the same. Because he's like, oh, those Christians. Well, no. We are all the same. We are all this. Now we're all on different levels and we're not, we don't vote the same, all that kind of, but we all struggle with the same things. That's why I can stand up and preach about one thing and everybody's like, oh, that really spoke to me. Oh, that spoke to me. Well, you know, because you're all the same. <laughs> it's like you were talking right. It's like you were talking right to me. I talked to one of the people in here and I have talked to everybody because we are all the same. Now we've interpreted our experiences differently. We have different hangups and issues and all that kind of thing. But at the root cause, we are all the same. We all struggle the same. We all bleed the same. We all grieve the same. That's why they can get grief cycles down in psychology class and it applies to everybody. And it's crazy because not everybody's the same. Well, yes, we are all the same. We are dealing with the same issues. And when we come together, we start to realize that when we have distance between each other, it's like, no, they got their problems and their problems are much bigger than my problems. No, we're all the same. We're all struggling with the same stuff, fighting the same sin that, 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 that everybody else is fighting. And so we are, I think, to admit that we are all flawed, that we are all not perfect, that every pastor is going to say something that he regrets, that every person is going to do something that they regret, that every, every single one of us is, is in process, just like this building is in process. We're all the same. We're all dealing with things. And when we come together, it's like you find somebody who's standing next to you saying, oh, you deal with that? I deal with that too. I struggle with that too. I go through that too. I suffered that too. It's amazing. Even the exact experiences are often quite similar. Right around the same age, the enemy hits you with this, right? Yeah, that's what he did for him and him and him and him and him and him. And he just have everybody raise their hand. More people could identify with what the enemy has been, because the enemy doesn't change a lot of tactics. He's been doing the same thing since the garden. We could get Adam and Eve in here and we would understand them. And they would understand us. They wouldn't know what the Avengers are, but we would know what, they would know what we're struggling with because we are the same. We have struggled with the same carnality, with the same sin in our heart that they struggle with, that their kids struggle with, and so on and so forth, down through the ages. We, we, we like to take you know, you know, certain people and put them out in corners and say, well, they, they're different. No, we're all the same. We all struggle. And when we, when we come together, we start to have compassion for each other. And we also find... A, a safe place. This is, the, this is the greatest, I think, one of the greatest tragedies of like a judgmentalism culture is everybody's got to pretend like they got it together. And everybody knows that they're pretending. <laughs> and it's like, but, but you got to. Because, because the judge always sits higher than everybody else. 
And so if you're if you're if you're if you if you want to be judgmental, you have to defend yourself at all costs and not let anybody see your flaws, not let anybody see your cracks, because otherwise your judgment doesn't mean anything. But then what about when cracks do show up? Because it's just so ginormous that you can't ignore it. Well, you get punished for a little bit, and then, then, you, then, then you're back, apparently, all cleaned up and fixed, ready to go. It's like a car, you know? It's just going to take it in the shop for a little bit, and it'll be better. It's weird. It's, it's like, okay, now I'm perfect. I wasn't perfect then. I thought I was, but no, man. Like, what if we just came to, what if, what if, like, there was no elevation like that? What if we were just on the same ground? If I didn't have to defend myself and act perfect and try to, try to be perfect in front of you? What if I could just be honest? What if I could just be vulnerable? What if you could be the same with each other? What if we could all be on the same level? The pressure of perfection to be taken off. The pressure of saying the right thing at all times and being there, acting the right way. Well, did I, was I, was I, was I, was I sorry enough? Was I, you know, compassionate enough? I don't, I don't, I, I don't know. <laughs> like, let's figure that, like, talk to people. They, they just, we would come together and in our togetherness, we start to realize that we are the same, that we struggle with the same things. That we, that we move in the same speed, that we, that we, that we walk in the same way, that we, we have the same struggles. When we come together, we start to see that and we start to help each other. Because, oh, hey, you, you struggle with that? Hey, I struggle with that too. I, you, even in the back row, I've, I've been in the back row myself. <laughs> whatever, whatever your issue is, I've struggled with that too. I've been there too. I've dealt with that too. And I haven't always conquered it. And I haven't always you know, been above it. In fact, there's still things that I'm still dealing with. It's still things that I'm still working on. That, that sanctification is this, is this moment, yeah, where God purifies your heart, but it's also this process where you're constantly learning and growing, and it's like, oh, wow, I, I didn't know that would affect people like that. I didn't know that d- did that. And, and you're constantly growing and learning in your marriage, in your relationship, as a parent, and it's constantly feeling completely unequipped for where you're at. <laughs> And the more honest we can be with people about how unequipped we are where we're at, uh, the more I think we can come together and see where you're struggling with this and this is the way out. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay aside my vengeance and help you lay aside yours. I'm going to lay aside my addiction help you lay aside yours. I'm going to lay aside my anger help you lay aside yours. I'm going to lay aside my pride help you lay aside yours. But it's not a judgment where I stand and tell you how to get through all this stuff. But I walk with you, and as you see me get through stuff, you say, oh, okay, that's how it works. And so that's what our small groups are about. We're about coming together, coming on the same page. And so I want to show you some of the groups that we have. Um, We're going to open up these back doors here in a minute. Um, But before we do, actually, um, uh, if you want a link on your phone, if you want to get your phone out, if you want a link on your phone for uh, all of the groups and a chance to sign up and read about them, um, what you can do is, if if you just put our our phone number up, um, you'll text the word groups, like groups, plural, um, to to our text to give number. That's never a good sound. Um, uh, it, let's see, it's 512-967-961-1617. Okay, so if, if you would like a list uh, sent to you, 
961-1617. Call today, 961-1617. Best deal right now, 961-1617. That number is once again, 961, anyway. Okay, 961-1617, you get it. And uh, you'll get a link um, to see the groups. Um, what, what, what they're working on back there right now is I want to be able to bring up like the website and show you um, if you want to go to our website to read about them this week to see what's going on um, with the groups and actually sign up to communicate with the leaders. Um, we have, oh, that's also not so great. Rebooting, okay. Um, so, 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 so a couple of the groups that we do have that, that I know about is, well, Oh, Poppy. Come on, somebody. See, that's why we need each other. There we go. Somebody's going to help you out. 960-1617. Boy, so if you just texted groups to 961, that somebody's going to... What? Please stop texting me. Tell them you go to promised land. Just, just. Just kidding, just kidding. Uh, 960-1617. So we have our groups divided into little areas. Um, Number one, we have serving groups. So these groups um, focus around doing something together. And then once a month, they do get together for a social activity to hang out. Um, One of our serving groups is our Keep Kids Fed Ministry. Hey, there we go. It's our Keep Kids Fed ministry, and um, that serving group, uh, they get together every Tuesday night to pack bags for kids at Williams Elementary and Betticheck Middle School. We feed over 100 kids every weekend, um, through the weekend, and um, so that's, that's a big ministry for us. Yeah, yeah, here you go. So these are the serving groups. There's a little map there as to where they're all at. Um, Keep Kids Fed, Pete, is what I'm talking about right there. Every Tuesday night, if you click on it, um, every Tuesday night at 7 p.m., this will come up. A short description about the group, um, and then you can click on join this group, which will connect you with the leader of this group, which is um, Carol. Uh, Carol's leading that ministry, and we're thankful for that. And then the, this, these are all the upcoming events, right? And so they're meeting this Tuesday night at the church office. There's a there's a link there for where you can um, uh, get a map. And then Carol is down here. You can call her phone number and email address. If we if we go back out of this, let's look at the next one. A lot of us know about the Keep Kids Fed ministry, um, but if we're always needing people to join. Also, we have a street ministry right here. Uh, This happens on the first and third Sunday. So today is one of the Sundays. Um, This started off with the youth and then other people have jumped in. We just go out and feed homeless folks. So we take food, clothes, other essential items. um, And uh, these are a list of their events that are coming up. Jalisha and Peter are over that. Pete, if you go back um, to the other groups. We also have a worship team um, group where if you want to be a part of the worship team, um, go ahead and check that out. You don't have to click on everyone, Pete. But uh, if you want to be a part of the worship team, you can, you can, you can join the way. As long as you can play or sing something, um, that would be awesome. Uh, also, <laughs> if you want to learn how to sing, go get voice lessons <laughs> and um, come back. Uh, anyway, <laughs> tech team is always looking for folks back there. Um, and these are, once again, serving teams. So the kids team, these are serving groups where we do a task together. But it's not just about what we do together. It's about who we do it with. And so it's about the community that forms um, within these groups. So out of serving groups, if you get, get out of there, making a difference with people who are making a difference, then there are study groups up top. Um, this is where you glow, grow closer to God and each other as you connect. Um, uh, let's 
let's see. Anxious for nothing is one every Friday. It's a, it's, it's a, a, a picture there of Michelle. I don't know who that is, but that's Michelle. Um, anxious for nothing. They're going through a, a book study uh, every Friday night at 6.30. Um, breaking free. I know who that is. This is my lovely wife. And she's leading a group on Wednesdays um, from 7 to 9 o'clock. They, they just recently started, so you can jump in there with them. That's a Beth Moore Bible study. And then Discover Faith right here. Uh, with uh, Ashley and Dan. They're going to be leading that starting next Sunday um, after church uh, right here in this building. And it's for anybody that's new in their faith or you want to find out more about the essentials of the faith. Um, it's a four-week class. And so they're, they're giving you the schedule right there. You can click on that once again and see more information. If we go back out, we got the study groups. We have the serving groups. We've got all S's. And then we have the social groups. These are ones that are just um, for fun. And this one is a fun for all Friday. They, every other Friday they have games um, and family games and stuff. And then men's breakfast, which Nick uh, started and used to lead that for us every, um, every other Saturday morning. Now I believe Romeo is taking the reins on that. So guys, we get together at 8.30 in the morning every other Saturday. And the women's breakfast uh, is here every other Saturday um, at 9 a.m. Why are they meeting later? We need more sleep. Guys need more. Guys need to listen to the, they need to figure that out. Anyway, they're meeting a little bit later. Okay. Cool. Well, these guys will have tables out there. Um, the worship, yeah, the worship team is gathering together on Sunday nights just to hang out, to play instruments, to get to know each other as well. Oh. It's not like the old game night. It's fun for all. That's fun for all. You know, hey, you know, I can't be I can't be accountable for you know fun for all Friday. I just make that up, figure out what it is. Um, but anyway, the group leaders will be back there um, to help you sign up. And then and then one last thing, there is another uh, thing that's happening this month. It's a it's a women's conference going on. And uh, yeah yeah yeah. And um, Ashley um, here at the end of service, I'm going to have Ashley come up and share some about that women's conference. But I, she does have a table out there if you want to sign up for the women's conference. But um, we're going to open these doors here in just a second. I'm going to pray. I'm going to open these doors. Ashley will share and then we'll go on out and sign up for small groups or go get your kids and whatever you would like. And then also we have a, a time of giving. So yeah, let's go ahead and come forward. Ushers, let's get ready for giving uh, before we uh, release folks. And um, yeah, today is also uh, Fast Track Day. So if you want to go to Fast Track, it's on the back of your worship guide. Um, I'm not going to spend time announcing that because I'm announcing a lot. Uh, I'm over-announced. So Fast Track's on the back of your worship guide. Come check it out today at 3 o'clock. Um, or if you want to be a part of the, of the street ministry during that time, um, that would be cool too. Or you can watch YouTube if you like. Um, <laughs> That's a tech team ministry. They're, now that they got this new screens, they're just, they're just having fun. But this is a time for our regular members to give financially. And if you're new, for you just to drop off that card in the bucket. Um, if you're watching online, you can give by clicking on the word give. And um, also for those of us that um, give via the text message, uh, 960-1617, you can text to give to that too. That's up and working now. Father, thank you for those who are giving. Pray that you bless this offering. Use it uh, for your kingdom in Jesus' name. Amen. Go ahead and pass the buckets. And while they're doing that, um, Ashley, if you come, come on up and share about the women's conference real quick. Thanks. 
Excuse me, honey. So um, I wanted to share with you that when I was about 17 years old, um, my now husband of almost 16 years and I started dating. So I at that time thought it would be really, really cool to go take Taekwondo and learn kickboxing. So um, I'm really tall. You all see that, right? <laughs> um, I went home one day after I'd gotten out of class and I went up to my then boyfriend and I was like, sweetheart, sweetheart, watch what I can do. And he was like, okay. So I said, I learned how to do a roundhouse kick and I can kick at six foot one inches, honey. And he goes, that's really cool. And I said, watch. And I went, whoosh. And he goes, no, I'm six foot two. <laughs> I knocked him out cold. So the reason why I tell you that is because we have um, this really awesome event coming up for you ladies, and it is called Fight Like a Girl, but I'm here to tell you it's not about a physical fight. Oh man, she says. <laughs> we are in a spiritual battlefield, and we want to be able to bring to you some powerful messages, and we have four women coming in to speak to you about how to do that and how to fight the spiritual warfare that we're in every day for our husbands, for our children, for our home, for our church. These are all areas that we need to be at war for. So October 20th, is it up here? Do you have a slide? October 20th, we will be meeting all day long, and we have awesome worship lined up. We have um, four speakers, like I said. Lisa Michelle is coming. She's an amazing speaker, and she is like the epitome of a fighter. She fights for women that have been in sex trafficking. She fights for women that have gone through horrible experiences, that have had pasts that maybe aren't up to every Christian's standard. And she wants to tell you that it's okay. Our legacy is not that of what this earth has made, but it is the legacy that God can give us through his son, Jesus Christ. So I invite you, it's $20. That's a great deal, right? 20 bucks all day. You're going to get a catered lunch and a catered dinner and four special speakers, like I said, and I'm so excited. And I hope that you will join us. Sign up is in the back today. Michelle, will you stand up real quick? Michelle's going to be out there waiting for you to sign up. You can do cash, check, or credit. Okay? Thanks, guys. Woo -hoo. All right, can we open up the back doors? And uh, I'll just pray over you, dismiss you, send you out that way to check out um, small groups. But um, yeah, thank you for joining us today. I know it went a little long, but we got some groups starting, and uh, it'll be worth it if everybody gets connected into community. Father, I thank you for those who are here today. I pray that you bless them as they go. Uh, keep your hand over them, guard over them, watch over them. Use us in your in your in your church, in your city. Help us bless this city together. Help us come together and uh, be your hands and feet. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody sit. Amen. Amen. All right, I love you all. You're dismissed. Have a good day.